On the next Probably True Solar Stories, we're going to talk about maintenance. Solar homes generally come with minimal maintenance, especially when the solar has just been installed. But when a new solar owner sees that a pigeon is unrelentingly shit-bombing her brand new solar array, she calls in a pro to do the dirty work. But then she discovers that her pigeon also has a problem. Welcome to episode four of Probably True Solar Stories, the podcast that unveils all the could-be-true solar stories that may or may not be happening right next door to you. I'm Tor Valenza, but most people know me from my Twitter handle, SolarFred. In this episode, we're tackling a solar panel pigeon poo-poo problem. Say that ten times fast. Anyway, this is going to have some salty language because, as all solar owners know, Pigeon poo-poo happens, and when it does, adults get frustrated and say naughty words. So parents, be warned. And now, on with our probably true poopy solar story. We have a pigeon problem, written and read by Tor Solarfred Valenza. Hi. We have a pigeon problem, said Amy. Amy stood in her front yard, holding her cell phone on speaker. All of her black solar panels looked clean and shiny, except for one. A pigeon problem? Can you be more specific? Came George's voice over the phone speaker. Well, um, it's the last panel on the right if you're facing the front yard. It's the bottom row, closest to the drain gutter. It's covered in pigeon poop. So, Module 28, asked George, her installer. Marshmallow 28, asked Benji, Amy's seven-year-old son. He had been instructed to look out for pooping pigeons, but now he'd heard marshmallow. He abandoned the pigeon duty and began looking for flying sugary treats. Ah, sure, Module 28. Amy overly pronounced module so that Benji could hear the difference. Module 28 was caked in so many bird droppings that it almost turned the panel's black surface gray and white. Couldn't you have given Module 28 a name instead of a number? Like call it, I don't know, Solar Panel John, right next to Solar Panel Paul, George, and Ringo? Well, your solar system has 28 modules. The Beatles only had four members, not including Pete Best. What would you call the other 24? Besides, my name's George, said George. Could get confusing. But if you want to call Module 28 Ringo for now, that's fine. Amy took a breath. George had been a good installer, a nice person. His team was clean and polite. She checked his references, and they delivered what they'd promised. But what about after the install? Amy thought that George now resented her for not getting the maintenance contract. And now she was asking for a freebie cleaning. Look, George, I know you did your job and the panels, the modules, whatever. They look great and they're all working except for Ringo. I could tell by the solar monitoring system that Ringo was down in production. I was going to call you, but then I saw the bird... The bird duty. Amy glanced at Benji. He looked up at the word duty. And then he grinned. 
Mommy almost said a dirty word, his grin said. I'm sorry, George. My husband Rob hosed off the gunk all last week, but it just keeps happening. Like, every day. I tried hosing it down again, but it's really caked on now. And it's only on this one panel. So I got a squeegee, and I went on the ladder. Amy, you really shouldn't go on the ladder by yourself. It really is dangerous. Especially if you're holding a squeegee and a hose. Also, if you used anything too rough to scrape off the crap, that can scratch the module's protective coating and void your warranty. Thank you for your concern, but my dad was a carpenter. I know how to safely climb a ladder. And I know to use soft rags. I used soapy water, and it didn't help. I mean, it helped, but then it didn't. It's another day, and more pigeons are crapping on Ringo. It's hurting our solar production, and quite frankly, I'm embarrassed. We love the sleek look of the black solar panels, but not with shit all over them. Ooh, Mommy, that's a bad word. I'm going to tell Daddy. Amy looked down at Benji. Bless his heart. He was repeating the same warning that she had said to him after he had said that same bad word after knocking over a glass of milk. Chip off the old mom. That's okay, Benji. You can tell him. Keep looking for poopy pigeons. Amy refocused on the phone. George, what am I going to do? It's only been two weeks since you guys turned on the system. I know we didn't buy the maintenance agreement, but couldn't you do something? Maybe put up some kind of anti-pigeon thing to keep the pigeons off, Ringo? It looks so terrible. And we don't want to go up the ladder every day. We thought maybe once a month, tops. Please? Silence. Amy could hear George shuffling papers. Well, I could put up a bird deterrent. But they're pretty ugly, Amy. They're spiky plastic rods. It sort of looks like a big black dandelion hanging around your modules. I can also install a big plastic owl. Owls are predators to pigeons, so that might help scare them away. That's fine. Better than all the shit. Ooh. I know, Benji. Tell Daddy when he gets home. Mommy, look! It's the brown pigeon that hates Solar Motto Marshmallow Ringo. Amy saw a brown pigeon fly over and then drop a wet, hot mess on the middle of Module 28, otherwise known as Ringo. Poor Ringo. It was always a brown and white pigeon. Sometimes it brought gray and white friends but it was the brown one that was the consistent dive bomber. Amy decided to name the brown and white pigeon after her mother-in-law, Mary Ann. Mary Ann was always constantly crapping on Amy for some reason or another, so the name fit. When can you be here? asked Amy. Oh, it's not going to be me. It's been a long time since I've been on a ladder. I'll send over Mr. Fitch. He's head of our critter team. Hold on. Fitch? The sound became muffled as George put his hand over the phone. They seemed to be having a small argument, but Amy couldn't make out the gist. Amy hoped Mr. Fitch would be available before her husband Rob came home at four o'clock. Otherwise, Rob would probably invite Mr. Fitch over for dinner. As much as she liked George and his team, she was in no mood to entertain another stranger. Three o'clock would be just perfect. Good news, Amy. Mr. Fitch can be there by 4.30. Fuck, Amy thought to herself. Thanks, said Amy and hung up.
Then she said it out loud. Fuck! Benji looked at his mother, confused. That's a bad word too, right? Yes, said Amy. It's a very, very bad word. You can tell Daddy. Benji smiled. I will! When Rob came home, he took off his tactical belt and put it in the gun safe. After five years of community policing, Rob had never taken his gun out of his holster, and they both hoped that would always be true. After kissing Rob hello, Amy said, A solar guy is going to come over and put a bird deterrent thingamajig on the solar panels. Oh, great, said Rob. Let's invite him to stay for dinner. Rob, not tonight. It's been a long day. I've got bird crap all over me, and I don't feel like acting like we live on Sesame Street tonight. I probably already know him. His name is Mr. Fitch. Well, I'm gonna know him, and so will you. He kissed her again as Benji came into the kitchen and jumped into Rob's arms. Mommy said two bad words about the solar marshmallow. Want to hear them? Later, said Rob. Then he carried Benji outside to inspect the latest desecration of Ringo. At almost exactly 4.30, a white pickup truck with a Best Solar logo pulled into the driveway. Mr. Fitch stepped out of the truck. He was a short, burly man, no more than five and a half feet tall, close to 50. His green dyed hair would have been his most prominent feature if it weren't for the two dachshund dog tattoos, each going down the length of each arm. Rob, Amy, and Benji came to the driveway to greet him. I like your hair, said Benji. Mr. Fitch smiled slightly and turned to Rob. Pigeon problem? Yes, said Amy. I'm the one who called. Yeah, you did, said Fitch. He's not as polite as George's other employees, thought Amy. You a cop, said Mr. Fitch to Rob, noticing his uniform. Not as of four o'clock. Right now I'm a solar customer with a pigeon problem. Rob held out his hand. Mr. Fitch looked at his hand. I'd shake it, but I have critter crap all over my hand. Fitch stepped forward to look at the soiled roof ignoring that Rob and Amy were annoyed by his brusqueness. Something wrong? asked Rob. Well, now that you mention it, yeah. I don't love late afternoon last-minute calls. I'm a solar critter handler by day and a dachshund dog walker by night. And then two doggies get vicious if I'm late for their walkies. So, let's cut the howdy-do's and set you two up. At least Mr. Fitch won't be staying for dinner, thought Amy. Thank you, Jesus. Fitch walked a few steps toward the front of the house, eyeing the mound of white splotches over Ringo, and then he stopped. Oh, shit, said Mr. Fitch. Ooh, you said a bad word, said Benji. Yeah, bet you've said a few yourself, kid. Both Amy and Rob looked at Mr. Fitch. Sorry, said Mr. Fitch. I don't have kids, and like I said, George gave this to me at the last minute. Anyway, I can't help you. What do you mean? asked Amy. What about the plastic owl and the spiky things? Yeah, I could put those up, but it's not going to help. That pigeon is targeting one panel and one panel only. It doesn't like that panel. His name is Ringo, said Benji. 
I hate the Beatles, said Mr. Fitch. Anyway, Ringo was either covering up something or was covering up something. George said you saw a brown and white pigeon. I call her Marianne, said Amy. Rob tilted his head at Amy. Really? Yeah, that's fine. Call her Mary Ann, call her what you want. But I'm going to bet, depending on how good of a cleanup job the guys did. Mr. Fitch looked around the front yard. He walked to the corner of the house near Ringo had been installed. About a minute later, he pointed to a thick but flat circle of twigs. Oh, Mr. Policeman? Rob, and this is Amy and my son Benjamin, but everyone calls him Benji. Well, Rob, Amy, Benji, under that mess of twigs is a kind of crime scene. See, I'm thinking that Mary Ann used to have a little pigeon nest in that gutter spout, right under where Ringo is. Normally, uh, Mary Ann would just continue nesting under Ringo, but seeing how our team must have swiped the nest off, somehow, she's still looking for her hatchlings. And I'll bet she has Gilligan, or whatever her mate's name is, dive-bombing the panel, too. They're thinking their love nest is still there. That's awful, said Amy. It's the circle of life, Mr. Fitch sang from The Lion King. I'm in a band, said Mr. Fitch. You're welcome. Mr. Fitch started to walk back to his truck. Wait, said Amy. What are you going to do about it? Mr. Fitch kept walking. Look, unless you've got magical healing powers, there's not much we can do. They'll give up eventually. But it's your fault. Mr. Fitch stopped. My fault? I was not part of your solar installation team. I mean, it's the company's fault, said Amy. Look, our guys know me and what I do. They're pretty aware of Ness. They wouldn't have tossed it. It could have been the wind, or it could have been an accident. It's a mystery, but it wasn't intentional. I promise you that. Mr. Fitch saluted and continued back toward his truck. Rob followed. Mr. Fitch, isn't there anything you can do? asked Rob. I realize it was an accident, but I'm sure constant bird poop isn't good for our panels or for Solar's curb appeal. Amy looked back at the fallen nest and to Mr. Fitch walking away while Mary Ann circled for another shot at Ringo. Please, Mr. Fitch, don't go. Couldn't we discuss this over dinner? Rob looked at Amy and shook his head. Amy ignored him. It's fettuccine Alfredo and a salad with beer. Fitch stopped by his truck. He cricked his neck once left and once to the right. Okay, can I bring my dogs? An hour later, Mr. Fitch sat at Amy and Rob's dining room table. Two short-haired dachshunds were begging at his feet. Glad you could join us, said Rob. Do you live nearby? Maybe, said Mr. Fitch. Close enough. That's all I'll say. Amy could tell that even Rob was losing his patience. Fitch looked down at his plate, then at the dogs, then at Benji. (sighs) Look here, said Fitch. 
don't got no degrees, but I've seen this a couple of times. The pigeons, they've got their nest in a nice little gable or gutter for years. Then the homeowner goes solar to save the planet, which ain't a bad thing, pays my wages, but in so doing, that two-year-old nest gets swat off the side or thrown away. And then, see, the pigeons come back to the same place to, uh, Mr. Fitch glanced at Benji, to do their happy dance. What's a happy dance? Benji asked. Tell you later, said Amy. Go on, Mr. Fitch. Yeah, well, like I said, the honeymoon nest is gone, and some of these pigeons, they just can't believe it's gone. And worse is when they were expecting. Fitch nods his head to Benji. So they're thinking Ringo is covering up their old nest and the eggs of future statue painters. So that's why you're getting splat bombs. And I wouldn't be surprised that they've been pecking and scratching at Ringo, too. That's no bueno for the solar panels for a lot of reasons. Well, can we take off the panel at that spot? asked Rob. You could, but you don't want a nest there. A lot of times, people will just install little gates around the edges of the panels to stop nests from being built. Don't get me started about squirrels, raccoons, and rats. I like squirrels, Benji said, chewing fettuccine with his mouth open. You do? You like fried squirrels too, Benji? Huh? Never mind, Benji, said Amy. Mr. Fitch, um, can we call you by your first name? No, I don't like my first name. What's your first name? asked Benji. Nosy, said Mr. Fitch. He turned back to Amy. Point is, it's going to pass. If you can't wait that long, then you gotta trap them and move them. And if they come back, well, then it's time to make pigeon nuggets. With ketchup or mayo? asked Benji. Nice red ketchup is probably best, said Mr. Fitch. He stabbed a tomato from his salad and chewed it slowly. Amy looked at Rob, then to Fitch. So you're telling me we either keep letting Ringo get dirty until it breaks, or we catch Marianne and move her somewhere. Or we could take care of her, said Rob. Fitch raised his eyebrows. Now you're talking, Rob. I got a crossbow in the truck. I'm pretty good. No, said Amy. Can you trap her, Mr. Fitch, and move her to a new safe home without solar panels? You sure you don't want to try the crossbow? It works. Yes. I'm sure. We're sure. She looked at Rob. All right. So you want to trap Marianne? I think we can work something out, said Mr. Fitch. I'd do it for free, but I got wiener dogs to feed. Ain't that right, Tex and Max? Tex and Max, the wiener dogs, both barked. Fitch reached into his shirt pocket, pulled out two dog treats, and threw them at Tex and Max. Both snapped up their treats in midair landed, and sat for another one. The next day, Rob went to work, and Amy stayed home to meet Mr. Fitch. He returned at 10 a.m. with three pigeon traps and a loaf of white wonder bread. Watching Fitch put together the traps and tear apart the bread, Fitch reminded Amy of Quint in the movie Jaws. He seemed to relish the hunt, singing the chorus of the stones, you can't always get what you want, and looking at Amy watching him. You can't always get what you want. No, 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 you can't always get what you want. He took a few steps. But you can try sometime. 
He took a few more steps, and he just might find. He set the last door of the third pigeon trap. You get what you need. Oh, yeah. Fitch put his hands on his hips and looked at the traps and nodded. Now I get to do my day job, and you get to do your day job. Guess you work from home? Amy nodded. Fine and dandy. Don't watch the cages. That'll just spook them. They like bread. You'll see. They'll be flocking in. The problem is going to be getting Marianne. Likely you'll catch a few gingers, skippers, and howls before you get Marianne. But she'll come along. Pigeons love a free meal. Call me if you get her. Wait! What if it traps the others but not Marianne? Just keep them in there, or open the latch and let them go. Then put some more bread in. If it were me, I'd keep them in there. I'll flush them out later and come back for Marianne. This could take a few days, or a few minutes. Time is on our side. Yes, it is, Mr. Fitch sang. Then he got back into the truck and left Amy with the traps. Amy did have work to do, but she couldn't focus. She set up her laptop by the second floor back window, watching the three traps. Five minutes after the backyard was empty, she heard a trap close. A gray and white pigeon was caught, initially fluttering, but then it realized that it had hit Wonderbred Nirvana and began devouring the leftover pieces. Amy decided to keep it trapped until the other traps were sprung. After a few minutes, two more traps closed. Amy turned and looked out her office window and froze. There was Marianne on the office window ledge. She looked down at her trapped brother and sisters. Smart pigeon, said Amy. Three traps. Aren't you hungry? Marianne seemed to stare back at Amy, and then she shat on the windowsill and flew away. Just like my mother-in-law, Marianne, thought Amy. Okay, pigeon, if that's the way you want to play, fine. Amy went to the backyard and released the flock of Wonder Bread stuffed pigeons. Then she tore up more Wonder Bread. Channeling Mr. Fitch, she began singing. You can't always get what you want. Sing it with me, squirrels. You can't always get what you want. But if you put some bread inside a cage, you get what you need. At least I hope so. Amy strutting and bastardizing the Rolling Stones lyrics didn't seem to attract Marianne or any other bird. After setting the traps, she went back to her second-floor office outpost. It took at least 15 catch-only sessions and two trips to the corner store, but finally, Marianne came down for lunch. She landed at the trap closest to the corner of the house nearest Gringo. There were other Wonder Bread freeloaders inspecting the cage, too, but Marianne was closest. She pigeon-walked a few steps, her head bobbing, then stopped. Finally, she hopped into the cage, and as soon as her beak pecked the floor, the spring released, and the cage door slid down. Gotcha! Quietly, Amy walked downstairs and into the backyard. It was a warm day, and the high noon sunlight shone on her solar array and the three full cages. 
Amy bent down and looked straight at Marianne. She was breathing deeply, her fluffy chest rising and falling. I'm sorry, Amy said to Marianne. I'm so sorry. We were trying to do the right thing. Please don't blame me and Rob and Benji. If we'd seen your nest, we wouldn't have... No, that's not honest. We still would have gone solar. But we would have been more careful. We would have moved the nest very carefully. And then maybe you wouldn't have minded. I don't know. All I can say is that I'm sorry and that we're going to do our best. We're going to do our best. Then Amy picked up the cage and drove 50 miles to a park outside of the city. Then she let Marianne go and drove home. Well, wasn't that a sad, poopy solar problem? I thought so. This story was actually inspired by my mom. Before she passed, she was living in a condo in Los Angeles, and every year like clockwork, a mama pigeon would build a nest on one of her terrace flower pots. A month or so later, some baby pigeonettes would come out, grow up, and fly away. Then the whole thing would repeat every year. Amazingly, that mama pigeon would never get startled by us looking at her roosting in the flower pot. She just stared at us as if to say, if you don't bother me or my little ones, I won't bother you. I'm not sure what happened to that pigeon's annual visitation after my mom passed, but it did get me thinking about the what-if plot of this story. How would I feel if my rooftop solar system mistakenly displaced a pigeon's nest? In this case, Amy and her family were trying to do the right thing for the environment and for the animal world by going solar. But their good deed ironically hurt at least one pigeon and her pigeon family. If Amy's installers had seen that nest, I'm sure they would have carefully moved it. I'd expect that that mama pigeon to be pissed and perhaps dive-bomb the panel until it revealed its former nest and missing hatchlings. There is some solar reality here. There are real cases where pigeons, squirrels, and other nesting creatures will use your new solar system as a shaded dry home, and this will not be good for the operation of your solar system. I do know that my solar and solar friends are very careful when they find these situations, but accidents can happen. As we transition our world to renewables, I'm sure that we're going to have some tough decisions and make more mistakes. But I think the point here is that, like Amy and Mr. Fitch, we should always try to prevent those mistakes with sensible environmental due diligence and finding solutions that allow us to protect animal habitats while also protecting all of us by replacing dirty energy with clean, renewable energy. That's all for this Probably True Solar Story. If you like this episode or our previous ones, please do like it, subscribe, and share with your pro-solar friends, relatives, and pets. We Have a Pigeon Problem was written by Tor Solarfred Valenza. Probably True Solar Stories is a production of Unthink Solar, PR, and Communications. Be bold for solar. Stand out and educate. See you next time. <laughs>